Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang. I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today, of course, we're checking out some more r slash am I the butthole. If you love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. All super helps out and I can never express how much you really do help out by doing those things. And I just want to say how awesome it's been listening to what you guys have been up to the last few days. Telling me what you're doing whilst you're listening. It's been absolutely amazing. So thank you for that as well. Today's first story, we're going to start with Caligula404, who asks, Am I the asshole for moving out because of my controlling parents? To keep this short, I'm 18 and a legal adult. They've been pushing for me to stay, and frankly, I don't want to. They constantly watch everything I do. They install secret listening devices, what? And have tried to put cameras in my room, and have been dishonest to me my entire life. I'm a model child and student and have never gotten in trouble at school or anything else. They claim that I don't follow their simple house rules, despite them running a literal police state. My mother has multiple times intervened without anyone asking in my personal relationships and yesterday was the final straw when she took my phone and read some text between me and my ex. Our breakup was mutual and we had been really good friends since. She claimed I'm now a sexual deviant with her despite me still being a virgin. I don't know if I'm overreacting to all of this or if it's just them being parents. And there's a couple of little edits and replies and it features kind of a, like a mini update on this as well. So I'll leave those till after the comments. But in this one, that is not normal behavior to be putting listening devices in your children's room, cameras in your child's room. You're 18, as you said, you're an legal adult and they're treating you this way. And I would have to say is just, you know, as you say, you're an adult and if you can get out of there safely with money, etc., then I absolutely would. You've got to live your life and at 18 being controlled in that way, that's not living your life. It's, it's just being controlled. But let's check out some comments before we go to that little edit. With PNW Soccer Mum who says, not the asshole parent here, mind you of a young child. It's never okay to secretly record someone unless you're documenting abuse to report to authorities. It's against the law in most US states to record someone without their consent. The behavior you described is completely inappropriate. Alarmed hamster says not the asshole, get out and run. They are not normal parents. This is sick behavior from them. Listening devices and cameras in your bedroom. Good luck OP, go out and live your life. CR Bryant says not the asshole. Some parents track their kids' phones, some think that is too much, but installing cameras and microphones in your room, even while under their roof, is over the top. You should have some privacy. You need to be comfortable in your room, and it sounds like you are not able to be. OP replies that saying, yeah, I've had to remove them and to avoid her putting new ones in. I put fake audio loops by them in a box so that she won't just place new ones, sort of hijacking it. I've done this for about two years so far. She never called onto it, but I think I'm just done with them. I've already called my grandparents who are deciding if I can stay with them. 
Engineering Dry says, yikes, not the asshole. That's way too controlling. You have every right to move out and go and live your own life. That's part of being an adult. And V2Den says, not the asshole. You're an adult, move out, but make sure to be financially responsible and don't get into revolving debt. Have a clear budget and make sure you're not living paycheck to paycheck. And the edits say, I don't want to be the stereotype of thanks for the gold kind stranger or thanking you guys, but I still and genuinely am grateful for the advice I've gotten. It's not about the karma or rewards. I'm just thankful for you guys company as well as advice. Cheers mates, God bless. Edit two, thank you to all who have supported me. I have left the house and I'm safely at my grandparents. They listen to my story and believe and support me. I will have to go back to get my stuff, like my school supplies as well as the rest of my belongings, to start moving in. And my parents have agreed to let me do it without harming me or my stuff. I just got the fuck out of there like you guys said. I feel better than I have in a long time and soon enough I'm going to get back to my job and school and live my life. I might update this post in a few weeks, but I might not. Cheers to all who have helped me. You all honestly are good people. And I gotta say, that's a pretty positive update from what we can see so far. Will it be the end of it? I'm not so sure. So I hope there is an update in the future. And, you know, I hope it's a positive one that they have moved on with their life and things have taken a better turn for them. But I wonder how their parents will react after this. Let me know what you think they might do in the comments below. And we'll move on to another story. And our next story was a request over on Twitter from Muin Macau Cow. I can't do it. <laughs> and the story is called, Am I the Asshole? For telling an ADHD castmate to go to a doctor because he is distracting me. So, I enrolled in a small private school in a foreign country in late August. There are about 20 guys there, all living in dorms in a building. I'm getting along with all of them, great guys. One guy, John, flew in three weeks after classes began. He and I both first years, so we have classes together. So I immediately noticed that John was quite talkative and he would ask questions that would often diverge from the topic at hand. He had these tics in which he'd roll around in an exaggerated fashion. While sitting at the table, he would rock back and forth on the chair, which would cause a large amount of creaking. Now, John pretty much gave these professors a bunch of irrelevant questions. Some would brush him off relatively quickly, while others would indulge in these questions which would waste quite a bit of time. He gave some joking comments when he realized that he was going off on a tangent, would say something along the lines of, sorry, ADHD. I honestly thought, given how he said it, that he was doing the stereotypical self-diagnosis. Well, there is an extra class that focuses on developing oneself. And that is honestly my favorite class. The problem is that John again asks irrelevant questions. And by the time we would get back to the topic at hand, a good chunk of the time would pass. After a couple of weeks of having to deal with this, I stopped him after a lesson and in private told him that while it was certainly good to ask questions, the professor needs to have time to actually talk about the topic at hand. John said that he definitely spoke too much and again joked about ADHD and said that he would definitely keep it in mind. Sometime later, an issue with having a relative send me a package with meds occurred and I was telling John about it. He said he could relate as customs confiscated his vivance. Yep, ADHD. He said that one of the professors recommended getting it, but he hasn't gotten it yet. A couple of weeks passed after this exchange and again, he would be a constant disruption to classes. 
Eventually I got fed up, took him aside and told him something along the lines. Look dude, you're an absolutely amazing guy, but the creaking from the chair, the random questions you ask and the fidgeting you do is honestly a huge distraction to me and I think to the rest of the class. If you were taking Vivance, you need to go to a doctor because I honestly can't take it. His response was sheepishly, all right, I'll see what I can do. Well, that was an hour ago, and though he is busy with something else and looks fine, I feel like a dick. Aside from the occasional strange way he acts and how he disrupts the classroom, he is a kind and funny individual. Given this, am I the asshole for harshly telling him to go see a doctor and start taking medicine because he is bothering me? And we're gonna start with Donkey Lost One One on this one, who says you're the asshole, he can't help himself, what is your excuse? Mr. Mini Doxy says, you're not the asshole for telling him that his behavior was bothering you, but you are the asshole for telling him that he needs to go to the doctor and get medicated because he's annoying. There are a lot of reasons why a person with ADHD might not be medicated. Cost, it's funny that you mentioned Vivance because that's one of the most expensive ADHD medicines out there. Without insurance, a person could be asked to pay 300 plus dollars for a month's supply of pills. Health. ADHD medications are strong stuff, and, and if you have certain other medical conditions like high blood pressure or heart disease, it might not be safe to take them. Side effects. Again, with the fact that ADHD medications are strong, sometimes they don't work for people, or they cause so much anxiety, fatigue, or nausea that they are not worth the trouble. Difficulty. A lot of doctors don't prescribe ADHD medications because of the risk of abuse. Sometimes you have to wait months just to get an appointment, and then your doctor might not want to give you a prescription at the first appointment or until you fill out certain paperwork or pass a drug test or jump through any other number of hoops. All of these reasons are personal and none of your business. I'm not saying that John should be let off the hook because he has ADHD. If a person behaves badly, they are responsible for their behavior, regardless of whether or not they have ADHD but he's the only one who gets to decide how he manages his condition. You're the asshole for telling him to be on medication, but not for talking to him about his behavior. Ding the Witch's Death says, well, first of all, that wasn't even your place to address at all. Second of all, you're the asshole. You don't really like this guy. When you like someone, you don't go, how dare you have the audacity to display the symptoms of your disorder and talk about things I don't care about. Slytherin125 says you're the arsehole. If there is a serious issue, the professors will talk to him. That's not your job. And to me, I think Mr. Mini Doxy made some very valid points there about costs and stuff, about the cost, the side effects, the difficulty getting these medications. And I don't know if it's the done thing in these places, but raising it with your professor, would that have been a better way to go about it? Because it was just one line that jumped out to me and it was said, pretty much everything he does is a huge distraction to me and I think to the rest of the class. And I think it's one thing for you to raise your concerns about what you're personally feeling, but to say the rest of the class is feeling like that as well, that put me off going to that class instantly. But... How do you feel about this one? How would you handle that situation? Was it right to raise it with him like that? So time to go to the doctors. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Tempany Orlani who asks, am I the asshole for lawyering up? I have my own business and recently decided to upscale into a large building. I run a performing art school, so need quite a few large rooms. I found the perfect building with all the essentials I'd need and a high enough ceilings for stunts and stage combat routines. I asked all the necessary questions about pricing, etc., and it was all fine. The building hadn't been used in roughly 10 years, so there was quite a bit of mold and damp, and it looked like a bombsite. 
I didn't care as I was going to redecorate the entire thing anyway, including the exterior. The only thing I asked to get checked was the structure. Floors, walls, window ceiling, basement, roofs and pipes. The outside window sills were flaking off so I asked if they could either chip it all away or fix it. It's a three-story building so there would need to be permits and scaffolding involved to do either of those things and I have no experience with what would need doing. And that the last thing was that he provide all the legalities on his end in a folder for me to keep locked away. Everything was done and I bought the building. I got everything up to code, ready for the inspection. And when the inspector was looking around, he fell through the downstairs wall. It turns out a pipe had burst behind the wall and it crumbled. Instead of fixing it or even mentioning it to me, the old landlord covered it with plasterboard. He hid it. Fixing the wall would cost tens of thousands and I'd need to rip it all out and build in a new one. It would not be within my price range to do that and he said it was not his responsibility when I asked if he would subsidize it. My lawyer informed me that I could either sue for the repairs or completely reverse the sale and then sue for the money I spent on all the decorating and refurbishment. I told him I was planning on suing but that I was leaning towards reversing the sale. He said I was being unreasonable and doing so would put him back into debt. Am I the asshole? Hell no, there's no way you're going to be the asshole, whatever you choose in this situation. But I would seriously go down the path of reversing the sale rather than having him pay for it. Because even if he does pay for this one fix, what else is hidden in that building, right? It sounds like a big building that could be full of all sorts of horrors waiting to be revealed. But third tries the charm says not the asshole. If your lawyer says it's a viable case, but whether it's a viable case depends on the terms of the sale. OP replies saying, she tells me that it is a valid case because the wall was structural and per our sales contract. He was to fix any structural damages. Nut Michelle says not the asshole. Holding people responsible for unethical behavior isn't unreasonable. Ford Plenty says not the asshole. The former owner deliberately concealed a defect. So your lawyer is right. He can make it good or he can reverse the sale. In some jurisdictions, if he is guilty of fraudulent misrepresentation, he could be liable for three times the damages and court costs. He is much better off doing this on his own rather than getting the courts involved. Opie replies saying, I'm not from the States. Plenty Metal says not the asshole, I'd reverse the sale too. Who knows what kind of other problems the old owner covered. Darcy Nitt says not the asshole, I had a similar thing happen when I bought my house. The owner claimed he had the furnace inspected, as requested by the person who did the inspection. A week after I moved on, the furnace stopped working. No problem, I had a warranty. The guy who came out said there was a major issues with the furnace and no way it would have passed the inspection. I went back to the owner and he replaced the furnace. The owner didn't do what he was supposed to prior to the sale. Now he's refusing to make it right. Get an attorney, put liens on his other property and file a lawsuit. And one more from Pupster Jew who says, definitely not the asshole, but you should seriously consider reversing the sale. I'm not a lawyer, but I have a fair bit of real estate experience. Chances are there's more damage that you haven't found yet. And if he was willing to purposely hide some, he may have hidden other damage in a way that even a thorough inspector won't see immediately. Also collecting from him after he has your money will be much harder than reversing the sale. You can always come to a new purchase agreement that accounts for all the work you'll need to do. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And our next story comes from Fast Performer 8908 who asks, am I the asshole for calling out my mother-in-law's lie and causing drama at a family dinner? Mother-in-law was not at our wedding because she got called into work. I was a bit surprised because she knew the date for nine months ahead of time and surely she could have put in for time off and not to be on call that day. She is a cardiac surgeon and I don't know exactly how her job works, but no one is on call 365 days a year. When her mum questioned her the day of, mother-in-law's excuse was that she is never not on call. But that doesn't make any sense. She goes on like two vacations a year. She does stuff a couple of hours away on her days off. How is she always on call? I didn't say anything at the time because it was such a weird situation. We had a family dinner recently and someone mentioned that not seeing mother-in-law at the wedding. Mother-in-law said she got called into work and the person was like, on your son's wedding, that's awful. Mother-in-law only shrugged and said she knew what her job was when she signed up for it. About 20 minutes later, mother-in-law's husband said they were going camping over the weekend. Someone asked where and the place was like a two-hour drive. So I asked how they were going camping two hours away if she is on call every single day of her life. Mother-in-law literally told me to shut up. Even mother-in-law's dad questioned it and mother-in-law got dramatic and was like, fine, next time I'll tell the person to just die. Her husband told me I was rude and shouldn't ask questions that I might not want answers to. And then she stormed into the other room. Mother-in-law texted me the next day about why do I like embarrassing her in front of people and why do I want her parents to hate her? Now, definitely not the asshole. I think what you asked was perfectly innocent and normal question to ask in that kind of situation. But I got to the last line that says, why do I like embarrassing her in front of people? And I thought, hmm, is there something else going on here? For someone to miss your wedding seems pretty dramatic and the dad saying that you was rude and shouldn't ask questions that I might not want answers to. And I was like, ooh, got the old Columbo senses tingling there. (laughs) What is that Columbo Spider-Man references? What the hell? But it's a definite not the arsehole from me. But your mum, Infinity, says not the arsehole. So I asked how they were going camping two hours away if she was on call every single day of her life. Then goes on to say, it's a valid question. She couldn't attend your wedding because of an emergency. Well, what happens when she's off for two weeks on a vacation? It could be she just didn't notify whoever she needed to notify. She needed to not be on call that day. Figuring the chance of her getting called in was low. Or maybe the surgeon they were going to put on call instead had her on some kind of emergency. There's no reason to read anything malicious into it, except their defensive reaction is pretty telling. 
Mr. Ham says not the arsehole. Even if you had an ulterior motive, it was a legit and potentially innocent question to ask. The fact that mother-in-law's husband said, you shouldn't ask questions you might not want answers to is pretty telling that there's bigger fish in this pond of stories. Loudon says and quotes, her husband told me I was rude and shouldn't ask questions that I might not want answers to and then says, that tells you everything. She didn't want to be at your wedding. Edward Oaken says, not the asshole, the only excuse mother-in-law would have if she was the only cardiac surgeon available that day and it was life or death matter. I would even settle for she is the best cardiac surgeon at the moment for a life-threatening injury. However, it's clear that she can take uninterrupted time off and could have done that for your wedding. And one more from Tack Wombat who says, cardiac surgeons can be on call for emergency cases. That would depend on where your mother-in-law is practicing and how often she gets cases per day. If it's a large hospital with a rotation of cardiac surgeons, she should be able to refer to one of her colleagues to take over her duties on the day of your wedding. If it's at a hospital where she's the only cardiac surgeon, then that's a different issue. However, she's able to go on long distance vacations, which means that she's able to call on or refer other surgeons to take over cases for her. And unless she's the only cardiac surgeon from the hospital to take the case on your wedding day, and provided that other surgeons were out of the state or country themselves, or otherwise indisposed at exactly the same day, well, that's something that only your mother-in-law will be able to explain. Personally, I find you not the asshole for asking. It is a valid question since your mother-in-law mentioned that she's always on call. ETA, first sentence, and to mention that my sources and ideas came from Google. Experience, assisting relatives with heart conditions and friends and relatives who are in the medical field. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from Reserved Marco who asks, am I the asshole for not helping my teenage daughter when she got stuck doing something I told her not to do? I, male 34, have a 17-year-old daughter from my first relationship. Her mum and I have been together since before our daughter was born, but are still good friends and have co-parented well. I've always had my daughter twice a week and every other weekend. My daughter's bedroom window is connected onto our roof, which is flat, so her and her friends have occasionally went out there with blankets and food and sat and chatted. It's not particularly high up, so it isn't hugely unsafe, but I always urge her not to do it by herself. The window is about two feet above the roof, so it's hard getting back in if you're short or by yourself. On Saturday, I was out when I got a call from my daughter telling me she'd got stuck on the roof and I needed to come home immediately to come and help her. I told her that I'd be home soon and she'd gotten out there herself when I've told her a million times not to so she can figure out how to get back in herself. I got back around two hours later and my daughter had called her mum who was absolutely furious. We live in, oh my word, Saskatchewan. So it was cold, but our daughter was fine. And I told her that if our daughter had listened to me about not going out there, it wouldn't have happened. Our daughter is fine and I wasn't gone that long. But her mum and even my girlfriend are saying that I put my need to prove a point above my daughter's well-being. Am I the asshole? Edits, the window is probably closer to around four feet from the roof. Typed this out quickly and didn't think it would matter hugely to the post. My daughter is five foot and can't get back in the window without standing on something. And we're flying straight in with Lola who says, lol, I'm laughing at the expense of your daughter. When I was 16, I used to do the same thing at my parents' house. They always told me to stop, so I got stuck and they were home. Instead of helping me right away, they went outside and took pictures of me stuck on the roof. 
There is still a framed photo of me on the roof that my mother has on her desk, lol. And not the arsehole. She wasn't in any danger. You came home and helped. If she was in danger, she could have called friends, neighbors, and or the fire department. Casual browsing says presumably explain the reasons why you didn't want her to go out there by herself. It's a perfectly reasonable request to ask her not to go out there by herself. Many parents wouldn't let their child on the roof at all. Your daughter chose to disregard that very reasonable rule and suffered the consequences. I don't agree with the comments saying that you risk your daughter's well-being to prove a point. Your daughter clearly had access to a phone and was capable of calling both yourself and her mother. If she was in any real danger, then she or her mother could have called the emergency services, but it seemed all she had was a little discomfort. That will make for a good lesson to be more careful in the future. Not the arsehole. Zinky30 says info, what was the temperature outside? Was she wearing sufficient clothing to withstand those temperatures? If not, you're the arsehole. OP replies saying it was about minus 8C, but she was wearing two coats and, it, and is used to colder temperatures. She was fine. JW Julie says you left your daughter outside in minus eight degrees for over two hours. Of course you're the arsehole. Give her a punishment. Point out I told you so, but you don't withhold help to prove a point. What was she wearing? Could she have got hypothermia? Did you even ask her? This was totally inappropriate of you. Last Construction 295 says not the asshole. She's 17, she knows better. She knew the risk when she did it. She's old enough to own up to her mistakes. They can be mad, but you warned her not to do it many times. She didn't listen and served the consequences. Responsible Egg says not the asshole. I think the people were flipping out over the temperatures and not taking into account where you and your daughter are from. I just did a quick Google search and your hottest month has an average temperature of 65 degrees. I'm willing to bet that your daughter is built a little different when it comes to withstanding cold temperatures. Me, born and raised in Florida, I honestly think I might die if I had to be outside in those temps. Your daughter, different breed, also confused by the you're the asshole votes because you said she doesn't just go out there for a minute, she goes out there to hang out for extended periods of time. So she chooses to go outside in that weather, hangs out for a couple of hours, then all of a sudden, because she wants to go inside, she's at risk of freezing to death. Nah, she'll be fine for a little longer. Now, what do you guys make of this one? What are your thoughts on this story? Do you think Opie was wrong to do that? Do you think they was right? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and your thoughts on all of today's stories if you choose to share them. And if you want to support the channel further, but never any pressure to do so, you can click that join button down below for YouTube or you can click the link in the description, the link tree and go to Patreon and join up there. It hugely helps out the channel, but never any pressure to do so. Thank you for your love, your support and your time. And I will see you, your cheeky so-and-so, in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Wake up, hit her, stretch my legs, eat some breakfast, milk and eggs, brush my teeth up, wash my face, throw my clothes on, start my day. Wake up, I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.